0: Superman Forever Radio, Episode 117, Brainiac. Up in the sky! Look! It's a plane! It's a plane! It's
1: Superman! Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, people believe tall buildings at a single sound, the entrance of the ship's now the man.
0: Hello and welcome to the Superman Forever Radio Podcast. My name is Bob Fisher. This is a podcast where I talk about Superman. From 1938, Action Comics number 1, all the way to Action Comics 1000 and beyond. That's right, Action Comics 1000 has shipped. It's on the stands. It's out there. You can get it. I think we've all read it by now, right? (laughs) Yeah, we've read it. And, of course, I'll be giving my opinions of it here, there, and everywhere, all around, uh, things, I guess there's some still stuff going on uh, regarding that that will pop up at some point. Uh, Action Comics 1000, what'd y'all think? Yay! Uh, actually, by the, by the time this gets out, not only is Action Comics 1000 out there, uh, we're already into, I think, uh, issue five of the Brian Michael Bendis Man of Steel miniseries the uh, six-part mini series, and uh, just finished part five. And that's something else I'll be talking about uh, in the non-too-distant future, here, there, and probably all over the place. Made a couple of comments already on Facebook. And speaking of Facebook, by the way, really quickly, Facebook is a good way to get in touch during these downtimes when I'm not actually recording or something like that, but we can still carry on conversations about Superman. In fact, we've had some really good ones recently. Douglas Meacham uh has been involved in some uh rob gillespie thank you rob for some really good good uh really nice uh words compliments about the show appreciate it along with bruce canan uh also had some really cool stuff to say and and it's funny how you just make new friends all of a sudden boom 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 you got friends people you can talk to about stuff uh it's kind of cool so thanks if you're new to the show and also Our good friend Dave McElvenny, of course, has sent more email, and we appreciate it, Dave. And if you want to get email in for our December, I know it's only July, but but December, uh, and I think this is going to be a thing for the show from now on. Uh, I'm going to, you know, other than mention an email or two here and there, and thank you guys for sending them, uh, I want to do an email show at the end of the year as kind of a, what did we do at the end of the year? Because the emails are great to uh, a, a great way to look back and say oh yeah the, the lex luther episode with the big band music or the death of superman or brainiac or lois or whatever the episodes were in the comments were it's a good way to look back because so many times really you know sometimes when 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 i record these uh, i was looking back at uh, a couple of earlier episodes i had done before and i was just looking at the headline just the just the description and it would say like, you know, uh, episode, uh, episode 83, something, whatever it was. And I'll go, I have no memory of that. Why is that? I have no memory of that. So anyway, uh, that's why we do it in December. I think December is really cool because it, it it lets us look back at the year and see what happened and how the year went. Uh, but anyway, new people have been signing up on the Facebook page. By the way, we have a Facebook page. You can like it. We're at nine hundred and fifty likes It'd be very cool, people. Very cool to get to 1,000. Don't know why it's just a number. I know it's just a number. It's just, you know. But uh, it's kind of cool when when the numbers flip over or stuff. I don't know. It's just kind of cool. It's just kind of cool. So we've got 950. So if you go to the Superman Forever podcast page on Facebook, so, you know, log into Facebook and do a search, Superman Forever Podcast, because I think there is another Superman Forever page out there. But Superman Forever Podcast. Uh, and just give us a like. That'll be a lot of fun. And say hi. Say hi. Uh, what else is going on? Oh, also, I guess, what well, we have also, <clears throat> since I've been off the air. <laughs> off the air. No, I'm not from Radio Days at all. Off the air. But since we've been together last time, a lot's happened. Uh, uh, this is like the eighth, ninth, tenth time I've sat down and tried to record an opening Uh, of uh, the Brainiac episode, and stuff just happens. It just gets away from you somehow. But anyway, a lot's happened. So uh, speaking of Brainiac and the Bottle City of Kandor eh, and Krypton, the first season of Krypton, the first time I sat down to record a Brainiac show, we were talking about, oh, the new episode, I mean, the new new series is going to start soon on the Sci-Fi Channel, Krypton. Are we gonna watch it? What are we gonna? Well, since then I've been on a couple of the Krypton podcasts. I've talked about it, and the first ten episode season has completed. And the big baddie is is Brainiac, and he's uh, makes an appearance in uh, episode nine and ten. And ten, hello Brainiac. So um, spoilers, <laughs> sorry, spoilers. But overall, I like what they're doing. It's totally out of context. It's like somebody said, hey, here's a bunch of names, and this all happened, in... You know, these are all people that revolve around Superman. And now here, go play with them as if it happened on Krypton. But there, so far, I have not been, you know, going, oh, this is terrible. Uh, I, you know, I have uh, enjoyed it and, and, and will like to see it. Spoke with Mike Zumo over at the Man of Screen podcast. I think we did an extra on his show about Krypton where we kind of broke it down. So if you want to go over there and check out uh, the Man of Screen podcast with Mike Zumo, he and I talked about um uh Krypton, tons of spoilers. We just kinda, you know, talked about it as a whole, not season by season or breakdown or anything, like that, but just kind of, you know, we talked about the whole season, uh, the first ten episodes as a group. Had a good time doing that. And uh speaking of Mike, Mike Zumo will be on the Superman Forever um podcast coming up at some point <laughs> <laughs> if I can ever get my uh butt in gear, as they say. But anyway, like I say, this is the 8th, ninth, or 10th time I've sat down to record the Brainiac episode, and life gets in the way, things happen. But I appreciate the comments, I appreciate the email, I appreciate people getting in touch with me, and still liking the page and talking Superman and stuff online. But anyway, Krypton, I am in Krypton now because that's got Brainiac. uh, Brian Michael Bendis is doing Man of Steel. We're on issue 5, so 6 will be out uh, as I record this. Uh, 6 will be out tomorrow, so... You know, uh, something else. Walmart is, uh, having some special DC is teamed up with Walmart to bring out some DC 100 page comic giants for, uh, five bucks and, uh, good idea, DC. Good idea. I, I you know, so many times, so many times this happens though. Great idea. You go, oh this is gonna be so oh this is not bad? Yeah, great. Okay, cool. Wow. A hundred Superman pages. Cool. Hundred Bat cool. Hundred wow, cool. Well then you look at the books, and I'm not saying don't get them. I think it's a great idea. I think everybody should right now go to Walmart and buy one of these because it tells DC that you should get comics everywhere. Everywhere. Not now I, I don't mean to you know, I'm not trying to say don't go to local comic shops and don't stop that and I don't want to hurt comic shop business. But comic books at one point it really was a disposable entertainment medium. You'd buy the comic, ten cents, twelve cents, even a quarter, uh you'd read it, carry it around with you, trade it, uh put it in a box, whatever. It would and then it would either shut be still there or or not. But 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 I think it needs to get a little bit back to the point where you can get comic books as, as as you know, an impulse by uh, kids. Hey, Mom, can I have this Superman? Oh, this is cool. But of course, now I have a complaint because you open the book and there's uh, in the Batman, there's a Batman story and a Nightwing story and a Harley story. There's a bunch of Batman stories in the Superman. There's a Superman story, a Green Lantern story. I think a Justice League or something else or something else or something else. So there's one super story and then other guys. So that's more like a an old time action comics anthology um, as opposed to the other ones. But that's OK. That's, you know, at least it's out there. OK, Superman's big and bold on the cover. So good and good for you, DC. So what else? I mean, there's been so much when, when I haven't put a show out in a couple of months. Things happen and, and, and are happening quickly. But I think that's really about it, because uh, I don't want to take too much time, because I want to get right into the subject. But I did want to say hi to some of the new people, and I, and I said that, and thank you, and the, Brian Michael Pendus and the other thing, and the other thing. So I think we're ready. Are you ready? I think we're ready to, um, you know, talk some Brainiac. But first.
1: Rocketed as a baby from the doomed planet Krypton. Young Kal-El was found by a kindly couple, and raised as Clark Kent. He discovered that he possessed powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men, and thanks to the upbringing he received from the Kents, he vowed to use those powers to help all mankind. This, in a nutshell, is the origin of Superman, and while the specific details have changed over the years, the overall idea of the origin has remained the same. My name is Michael Bailey. And I host a podcast called It All Comes Back to Superman. It All Comes Back to Superman is the monthly reaffirmation of my Kryptonian faith. And since it is Superman's 80th birthday in 2018, I thought it would be fun to look at how Superman's origin has changed and evolved over the years in an eight-part series I'm calling Superman Superman Many Many Lives, Lives, Many Origins. Many Lives, Many Origins will go decade by decade and see how the Man of Steel's backstory was portrayed in the comics, on the radio, on television, and in the movies. How has Krypton changed over the decades? What about the Kents? I'll also be looking at the origins of some of my favorite members of Superman's rogues gallery, such as Lex Luthor, Brainiac, and Metallo. Superman. Superman. Many Many lives, lives, many origins. An examination of the backstory of the Man of Steel to celebrate his 80th year. This eight-part series starts on April 30th, 2018. You can find It All Comes Back to Superman and the other shows in the Fortress of Baileytude podcasting network at www.fortressofbailytude.com.
0: Brainiac made his first appearance in Action Comics number 242, released in May of 1958. Now, I say make his first appearance uh, because the first appearance, the first story, uh, is is really uh, more of a first appearance than an origin. They don't go into a lot of great detail at this particular time to his origin. But Otto Bender and Al Plastino, (laughs) again, uh, 1958-59, what a nice little period for Otto Bender and Al Plastino. Metallo, Supergirl, Brainiac. I mean, the list is Legion of Superheroes. Uh, It just goes on and on. Those two guys. Under the leadership of Mort Weisinger, or editorship, or however they put it in those days. But I have a feeling, uh, having talked to Hank Weisinger, uh, not much under the title of Superman went out the door of DC Comics without first passing through... Uh, or over the desk of Mort Weisinger. So, and the interesting, uh, there is an interesting little note, by the way, a little side note here, uh, about Mort Weisinger and Brainiac. In his origin, in this first story, 242, Action Comics 242, he is a humanoid from the planet Kalua, where his planet is messed up and destroyed, and uh, now he's going around and he's been taking centuries to do this. Uh, shrinking the cities from other worlds to take back to his planet, to enlarge them there and rule as their leader. Okay, that's his, that's his big plan in the, in the origin. Not just to shrink the cities to keep them as little, you know, symbols or whatever. Okay, uh, uh, but that's the, that was his original, original thing now here's the story the interesting part is in the in in the comics of those days you know in the in the uh inside open cover and the first usually the first page of the inside of the cover was an ad for all kinds of learn to throw your voice uh help get me out of here you know that kind. help me throw your voice x-ray specs you know all those other things well along with that was some sort of a uh, a, an early handheld or small computer device of some kind, and it was called Brainiac. Now, I don't know the details behind the scenes or whatever, whether Mort Weisinger talked to them and made some deal to get them to advertise or do this or that, but it was after we see that happen, and there is some story about Weisinger talking to, the, to this company, that's when Weisinger makes the decision and changes Brainiac from being uh, uh, the sole survivor of the planet to being uh, a robot, a computer robot with a high- level computer mind. So Otto Bender invents the space alien that shrinks cities and does that kind of stuff. And also it's the uh, 242 is the origin and first appearance of one of the greatest creations of the Silver Age. And it was the Bottle city of Candor. Also in this, this issue 242. And we'll, 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 we'll get to that. But anyway, so that, that is Mort Weisinger again, you know, uh, stirring the pot, enhancing, adding to something that, uh, one of the writers, uh, created or came up with or was under the direction of Mort Weisinger. But Otto Bender had a great year with his, uh, uh, with the artist Al Plastino. Al Plastino. I mean, we all think of the Silver Age artists as early Silver Age, late Atomic Age being, you know, uh, uh, Wayne Boring. But the real Silver Age art, when you think of Superman silver and bronze, you think of Kurt Swann. But right there in the midst of all of them, between, and not even between, during the time Wayne Boring was the number one Superman artist, the secondary artist, the artist who was uh, also drawing Superman in the style of first Schuster, then Boring, then Swan, then him, then his own style. But uh, Al Plastino was kind of a chameleon artist. When the artwork, when the number one artist was Wayne Boring, his artwork tended to look like Wayne Boring. When the number one artist at DC was Kurt Swan. Al Plastino also did the same thing. Trimmed his character down, took away some of the barrel chest, gave him a slimmer, um, waistline, modernized him, updated him, and started to look a little more like the Kurt Swan. In fact, I've seen people online and heard other podcasters give credit to, uh, Kurt Swan or Wayne Boring when in fact it was Al Plastino. So, uh, happens, happens a lot. But good for them. Good for them, right? So anyway, in Action 242... Now me, something else I should say about Brainiac a little bit before we actually get into the story, his first story. Um, me personally, uh, Brainiac is possibly my favorite. Lex Luthor, like we said, like I said, on the Lex Luthor episode, which also featured a Brainiac uh, origin, which is my favorite Brainiac origin. But... um Lex Luthor is it becomes part of the everyday. Lex Luthor is always there. It's it's almost, you know, um he's just ever present. All of the other Superman villains come and go. They'll be gone for a year or two and then boom there's a story and you just won't hear from him again and then boom there's a Bizarro story. And then Bizarro will be there for like, you know, a couple of weeks or a month and then there'll be an eight-page A-H giant Bizarro world and all about Bizarro you know but Lex Luthor was always there okay Brainiac however would come and go and in my own personal head whether it was on the page or not whether it showed him um you know looking like that or not I always considered Brainiac as being ancient really really old ancient and speaking of the TV show Krypton I think they kind of nailed that the guy looks like an ancient silver age um, almost Kurt Swan Brainiac. It's, it's, it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice, but very old. Very, very ancient. You can see it on his face. Old and very computer like. But in, in 242, again, <laughs> yes, I will get to it. <laughs> Amazing. But, um, in Action 242, as I said, Brainiac is not a computer yet. But my favorite origin. As I was saying, my favorite origin was actually the one that I mentioned back in the Lex Luthor episode on episode 111, maybe 112. I'm sorry, I should look this stuff up. I should know this stuff. But it was a three-part, it was a three-comic story about Lex Luthor, well, on the planet Lexor, and then one where he teams up with Brainiac in one uh in Superman 167 and then the the culmination of the, the Lexor story. But in that middle story, when Lex Luthor te- teamed up with Brainiac, they retold the origin of Brainiac. And uh I'm going to use that origin in my headcanon, which I'll tell you again. I'll retell it in just a couple seconds, in fact before we get to the sorry because this is what I want to do, Even though action two hundred forty two is the first, quote, Brainiac story, the retelling of it later in the 60s is a better origin. And it's the origin in my head because it was the one I actually probably read first. I probably read this origin of Brainiac 242, not in Action 242, although I have vivid memories as a kid holding the comic. Uh, To this day, I still don't have it, the actual 242 floppy. But I have vivid memories of holding it. So at one point, either I owned it or uh, read it somewhere, the real thing, as a kid. But uh, I first read it in one of the 80-page giants, but uh, probably after I had already read the retelling later by Ed Hamilton and, and Kurt Swan. And in that origin... Which I'll tell you in a second, is the one that I keep in my head even while reading this one. I think, I consider that this story that we're going to talk about, Action 242, takes place after the origin story in 160, whatever it was, Superman 167, I think. Okay? And in 167, the retelling of the origin, Brainiac was not a human or a humanoid. Okay? I should say humanoid, I guess, because they were green. But they looked like humans, but they were green but uh anyway uh on the planet Kaluan, they had the 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 humanoids had gotten very smart and but also had gotten very lazy, but they made machines to do practically everything for them, and they had actually gotten to a point where they uh uh let the machines or not let the machines, but told the machines how to create other machines when necessary to do whatever was needed to just not bother the human. Don't bother us anymore, machines. Just go about and do all the stuff that needs to be done. And that meant everything. Buildings and construction and and, 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 and schooling and everything. It meant everything. Computers were starting to do everything. And as they learned to build more computers themselves, their intelligence got very smart, up to what they called a 10th level intelligence. Well, then the people started saying, you know... We don't really do much. We don't really know. And why are those computers doing all that? We didn't tell them to. And blah, blah. So the humans started a oh not a big revolt because remember they were all huh what uh, you know they once you let your government get out of control, it's kind of hard to get it back. Remember that. So the humans started saying wait. Here, so the computers said whoa whoa wait a minute they're getting a little upset. We better do something. So the hum so the computers said. I got an idea. Because they're 10th level intelligence, they're very smart. They came up with an idea. So they said, let's build another robot. <clears throat> this was really before the term android came in, because I think you'd almost qualify Brainiac today as an android. But let's stay in the terminology of the time. Yeah. Uh, robot. He is a robot. So the, the, the machines, the robots that look like big machines, boxes and robot-looking things, of the planet and had nothing in common with the humanoids there, other than they still needed the humanoids to do things for them. The machines needed the humans to do stuff. <clears throat> they had done it, but they, humans revolting, blah, blah, blah. So so the machines built a robot that looked like one of them. And the machines at that point said, you know, we have the ability to actually give this guy, this, this new robot, that's going to look like one of them, a 12th level intelligence. But the other robot said, no, no, wait, ho, 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 ho. No, 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 no. We can't make him any smarter than us because then he would want to rule us and we can't have that. So even though they left the capability inside of uh, their new robot, they made him a 10th level intelligence and made him look like one of the people there. To add to the um, uh, believability that he was one of them in a humanoid, the, the uh, machines found the smartest super intelligent smartest of the Kaluans. because they were a very smart race they just gotten lazy so they were really pretty smart themselves they just anything. but they found the smartest of the smartest uh 12 year old or roughly 12 year old and gave him to their new robot as their guardian the new robot by the way is of course, brainiac so right away, pretty much, it didn't take long for the kid to realize, I don't to, this kid is this Brett monster robot. This is a monster. This isn't just a normal... Uh, I'm not so the kid split, and uh, from that point on, all hell broke loose, and Brainiac went on, and the Kaluans died, and the, the catastrophe happened. But the fun part of that little bit there of the retelling was that Luther was able to watch all of that with a device. So we watched Luther watching that. So he learned how to uh, give Brainiac a 12th level intelligence because he watched the robots build it and he said, oh, I could do that then. So he and Brainiac work a deal when they get teamed up and and that's how Brainiac ends up with a 12th level intelligence is because uh, Luther gives it to him. And that's a fun little twist back and forth that they play. And in fact, uh, uh, fellow Superman podcaster, Billy Hogan of the Superman Fan Podcast, that episode, that issue, that issue of the team-up of Brainiac Luther is his favorite issue. Hi, Billy. Billy Hogan. Um, And also, that kid that ran away, that super-intelligent, actual Calhoun kid, escaped the devastation that was going to happen to the planet Calhoun. And it was his descendant that became Brainiac 5, which is why Brainiac 5 is a humanoid with a 12th-level intelligence. Now, that was Silver Age. Now, of course, none of that that I just said exists anymore in comic books. But that was my favorite origin. So what I'm saying is now, as we get ready to talk about Brainiac's actual first appearance in 242, imagine in your head that what I just said about him being created on the planet Kaluan by the machines there, that he is a machine and not a humanoid. That's how I envision it now, even when I'm looking and reading, rereading this story in in, in 242. Written by Otto Binder, art by Al Plastino, released in May of 1958. The military was going to test a new rocket, and of course, the press had to be there, but not just any press. Lois Lane and Clark Kent of the Metropolis Daily Planet. And as the rocket took off, they are up there with it and saying, wow, this is kind of cool. Look, we're going up into outer space. Yay, we're in space and stuff. But then all of a sudden, as they uh, get away from Earth, the rocket ship comes under attack. And not just any kind of attack. It's a weird attack. The animals on ship that they brought for testing are starting to do weird things and dancing and stuff. Well, Clark Kent uses his X-ray vision, of course, and sees that there is a ship out there and it's got an... A green alien and a monkey on his shoulder at the controls. Well, Clark grabs the available spacesuit and jumps out the, uh, and jumps out of the rocket. And Lois says, "Oh, poor dear, he's so scared." He look, he's flying back. He's going back to Earth. He's jumping back to Earth, from space. Yeah. So Clark goes and finds a meteor. Gets behind the meteor. Changes to Superman and immediately goes and attacks the spaceship and bounces off and realize, whoa, what's that all about? Well, then he gets the rocket ship back on a heading back to Earth to make sure that the rocket is safe. He tries several more times to have a little battle with Brainiac to no success at all. Meanwhile, Brainiac follows the ship back and realizes, oh, look at this, there's a planet there with little cities. And so Brainiac goes about uh, shrinking cities on Earth. New York, Paris, London, Munich—everybody talk about in pop music. And once again, Clark or Superman attacks Brainiac and to no avail, and realizes I need a Plan B. Uh, assuming that Brainiac will eventually, I guess, uh, come around to shrinking Metropolis. Superman flies back, changes to Clark Kent, and heads toward the Daily Planet. Yeah, where he runs into Lois Lane, and she says, Oh, Clark, glad you made it. I see that your plan to contact Superman and get him to help us, but the alien worked. Although he doesn't seem to be having much luck with the alien. Well, Superman's plan worked, and sure enough, Brainiac shrinks Metropolis. And just before Brainiac seals the, the, the bottle tube with Metropolis in it, Superman is able to fly out, Uh, where they think it's uh, Brainiac and his monkey Coco think it's some sort of a bug or something and Coco chases Superman around Brainiac's ship with a fly swatter Superman realizes and looks around Brainiac's ship and sees the controls even though he's really really tiny and sees what he has to do but Coco won't leave him alone and this is getting annoying and he says well temporarily I'll just hide in one of these bottles until I can find a better thing to do. Well, he flies into one of the bottles and then all of a sudden starts to fall. What? My powers! I'm losing my And Boom! uh, And the image is not a particularly nice landing. Ouch. So he realizes he's lost his his superpowers in whatever this bottle is and starts to walk towards the city and meets an old man named Kimda. Kimda tells him he's a scientist and says, who are you? A scientist on the planet krypton and who are you and he says krypton well uh my name is kal-el i am the son of jor-el what i knew your father jor-el of course you did everybody knows jor-el but how did you get to earth and then superman says well blah. blah jor-el knew and shot me to earth in a rocket ship and i grew up there and had superpowers and became superman and wow that's really a cool story And they talk about how they're going to try to get, you know, out of this and all that. And Kimda says, well, I just happened to have a chart. I kept a chart of uh, all the normalizing uh, ray things. I I, I know which button enlarges which city. Well, that's helpful. Cool. But I've got to get out of here. Well, Kimda says, well, let's look around and then we'll show you some stuff. And, And he shows them that Kandor which is the name of the city that they are in, in this little bottle from Krypton, has continued its way, and they have robots, and they have, you know, some rockets, and they have some other stuff, and Superman says, oh, well, I'll just take one of those rockets, and which is what happens. So Superman works out a way to fly the rocket up through, and they open the door. They also have a, a little creature there uh, that could eat through the type of metal or whatever that Brainiac <clears throat> uses for... To keep the, the, the top on the bottle. So Superman flies up there with in this rocket with this creature. The creature, you know, eats a little hole. Superman gets out and starts pushing buttons, enlarging all the cities back to Earth, and then realizes, okay, there's only one button, one charge left. If I use that, I'll remain small, but Krypton will remain large. That's the right decision. So Superman gets ready to push the button that will enlarge Krypton, when all of a sudden another rocket flies out of the Bottle City, hits the button and enlarges Superman, because even the Kandorians know then, right then, that Superman is worth a hundred thousand other Kandorians. Well, Superman vows to one day restore the Bottle City of Kandor to normal and find a way to do that. Meanwhile, Brainiac has gone into uh, hibernation mode, <clears throat> so Superman takes the Bottle City of Kandor. And then grabs Brainiac's ship and throws it with all of his might. And he said, "That's going to throw him a hundred centuries away from here. Uh, It'll take him a long time to ever." And he just sends him away while he's still asleep, uh, back generally in the direction he thinks of his original planet. So he doesn't kill him, doesn't put him in jail, doesn't. But this is the first contact with an alien guy. At this point, he thinks. In my head, it's the Brainiac that we'll all come to know. Why did you let him go? (laughs) But. Anyway, so then Superman takes the bottle and puts it on the shelf in, uh, his fortress of solitude, where it, uh, remained for quite some time as something very special and great stories to come in the next, where is this, 1958, and it's the origin of the Bottle City of Candor and the first appearance, uh, over the next eight to ten years. So, uh, from, yeah, 1958 to all the way 1967, 68, were some great Kandorian stories or stories that featured Kandor. Uh, from this point on, actually. Uh, again, late 50s started some really great sci-fi stuff. But that's the first appearance. I don't want to call it the origin, because they don't really give a lot of his origin here. But that is the first appearance and uh, of, of Brainiac. And Superman's happy to just throw him 100 million miles away and let him wake up in hibernation way back there and try to find his way back. Now, of course, all of that was retconned. That didn't didn't actually take long before, as I said before, apparently behind the scenes, Mort Weisinger said, Hey, blah, 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 computer. Oh, okay, there he is. So from that point on, he was a computer robot and uh, he and Lex Luthor. But again, one of my favorite villains of all time, when handled properly, where has he not been handled properly? Oh, interesting question. I personally think he was not handled properly. Brainiac, in the one glaring mistake that I think the Superman the Animated Series made was making Brainiac part of Krypton, kind of the internet-gone super-intelligent who knew the planet was going to explode, knew all the stuff, but just kept getting the intelligence. And everything. I, didn't, I didn't like that. I don't want Brainiac. And I was actually a little afraid that the show Krypton, when I heard Brainiac was going to be on it, that they were going to do that, making Brainiac part of Krypton. There have been stories where Brainiac uh, uh, is the cause of Krypton's explosion. There are other times when Brainiac shrinks the, the, the bottled city of Canada when he finds Krypton, he realizes that... Krypton is doomed, whereas before Brainiac would take important cities from the planet and then destroy the planet. Take all their intelligence and then destroy the planet. And that's basically how Jeff John's uh, uh, version of Brainiac worked. He would strip the planet of its intelligence, shrink one or more of its cities, and then destroy the planet. After taking Krypton, he realized by studying Krypton and looking that Oh, it was de- it was going to be it was going to be ex- it was going to do it was already doomed. Krypton was going to explode. He didn't need to do his uh, take the city and explode it. So he took the intelligence, he took the knowledge, and he took Kandor, and then went on about his business um, to one day come in contact with Superman. Uh, the the kind of the modern version of Brainiac that we seem to be going on. Is the one done now by Jeff Johns in around 2005 and Gary Frank. Uh, not, not a bad telling. It's not a bad brainiac story and not a bad updating of the, of the character because it does several things that I mentioned earlier that I like. Makes him ancient, very, very old, and a computer. It brought in a very cool ship, the skull looking ship with all the tentacles and stuff. Very cool. Um, and the fact that it had been isolated from actual living things for eons and eons and eons and eons, that it it was uh, it collected its bottles, cities in a bottle, but it didn't really interact with them other than um, mentally and through technology. It didn't actually go down on the planets. And the Jeff Johns story is a very interesting story too. And I'll tell it real briefly. Should we get to that now? I'll tell you what. Before I do that. Do I have any notes about this first one? Yes, I do. I'll tell you what. Let's do a quick break. Okay, we'll do a quick break. Uh, I'll do some quick notes about some of the thoughts on the 242. Just some panels, some quick panels and things that that I thought were funny and stood out. And uh, then briefly, I'll do a brief talk about the Jeff Johns version of Brainiac. And... uh, and then finish up with the Brainiac stuff, okay? Back in a sec.
1: In the Great Hall of the Justice League, there are assembled the world's four greatest heroes, created from the cosmic legends of the universe. Superman. Always a pleasure to be of service to the law. Wonder Woman
0: finished now let's bring the world back to normal
1: batman well professor baffles has evidently lost his baffling power aquaman the jet nozzle is buried in the sea bottom the jet stream is stopped and those three junior super friends wendy marvin and wonder dog their mission to fight injustice to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind. Join Mike Sumo on the Man of Speed Podcast, the coverage of Super Friends and its many incarnations begins in March at www22
0: Alright, a couple things about uh, 242. Action Comics 242. So she had Otto Bender and uh, (laughs) Al Plastino. But this particular cover, it's got my guy, Kurt Swan, doing a great cover. Uh, People often ask, actually sometimes, not often, but sometimes people will say, which came first, the cover or the story? Because as we know, sometimes Mort Weisinger has taken a panel or a picture that he liked, a cover... And sa- and assigned an uh, a writer <clears throat> and an artist to then do the story. So this is a very interesting question, particularly for this cover, because what we see on the cover of the Kurt Swan cover is Superman flying up, uh, hitting or about to hit or trying to hit Brainiac, whose force field is on and around him. Now the Brainiac, and he's standing. Brainiac is standing on a little meteor thing but the brainiac we see is wearing the costume that we will eventually become the 60s version of uh the of brainiac it's it's the brainiac the uh green skin the pink top the trunks black trunks with uh, the little red uh lights on his head now inside the story he has no lights on his head. He's wearing long pants and a whole different outfit, and he looks a little different. He's green, but, uh, in fact, the you know the inside story—it's kind of weird, in a way, because um, I think even as a kid reading this, I took it more seriously and Brainiac more seriously as a threat than it even shows on the page. It's almost comical the, the uh, Al Plastino Autobender original story. There, it's, it, it really is almost almost comical, you know. But oh, Okay, so we get into the story, and it's the Space Duel in Space. There's a nice big splash page of the two. Uh, the rocket takes off. Of course, there's Lois and Clark sitting in their seats chitter-chattering <clears throat> about how cool it is to go into space when the uh, when the ship is attacking and things are going funny or whatever, but once Clark realizes what's going on, he realizes he has to get out as Superman. And this is one of the more comical bits, and it's just taken so straight and normal. And it just, he takes a spacesuit and jumps out of the ship. Now, they're out past the moon. I mean, they're out there. This is a big rocket, big deal. Anyway, jumping back to Earth. And it's just Lois is making fun of him as if he's afraid of what's going on, but hopefully he'll go get help, etc. So that to me was just really funny. But overall, the artwork in here is Al Plastino. It's it's uh, you know it's good. It's competent. It gets the job done. But it's not Kurt Swan, and it doesn't have the uh, some of the drama, the oversized drama of of a Wayne Boring. Uh, art, but, but, you know, he does the job. And, but again, it's, it's almost comical, especially Coco. Brainiac has a monkey Coco that chases Superman around the ship with a fly swatter before Superman falls into the bottle city of Candor. Uh, and then the rest we know. But Superman is not able. Now, answering the question of which came first, the cover of the story, in this case, I think the story came first because, uh, Brainiac looks so different than uh, the Brainiac on the cover and the Brainiac that we will eventually get to know. Uh, And since they don't go into a whole lot of detail in in 242 about his uh, Kaluan heritage, I won't either. Uh, And I've already done that. We talked about the whole thing in my favorite part of the origin was the retelling in later 60s by Ed Hamilton. But but to be honest, again, Brainiac is is just so uh, interesting a character. And... I really do believe, as I said just before the last break, the last time that I think they screwed it up was Superman the Animated Series. Uh, it's on Krypton now. Brainiac is a featured um, villain on Krypton, and we'll have to wait till Season 2 I see, to see how they finish that out. And, you know, again, just off the top... Well, not still on the topic, but, you know, I would absolutely love, 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 love to see Henry Cavill's Superman take on... Brainiac, maybe something similar to the Brainiac in the uh, Jeff Johns, Gary Frank story we're going to talk about in a second, but take that on, on the big screen. I have a feeling they probably will not because one Brainiac now is on TV again, but I think their main reason is that if we get a Superman 2 movie, they're going to think that, well, we did Zod, that was space villain. Do we need another space villain? Not, you know, any, not having any idea of the difference between the two, just it's another space villain to them. But the Brainiac could be so, to me, terrifying. And I think they're coming really close to it in Krypton to show that Brainiac is a robot. He is absolutely ancient and a collector of worlds. He's absolutely terrifying. Terrifying. Or at least he was in my headcanon, whether on the page or not. Even in this first, you know, 242, which was kind of comical. I always thought, wow, an old machine that just shrinks cities rips them up by the roots and puts them in a bottle. And unlike uh, I think in New 52 or one or the other, I forget which version, when they brought Candor uh, in again, all the people were in a suspended animation. That might have been Supergirl Argo City or something, but uh, I didn't I didn't care for that. I like this science fiction part of them actually being tiny, 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 almost microscopic little people, uh, which they would have to be to be in a bottle this size. 100,000 of them or so. In a city in a thriving working city in a bottle that to me is just absolutely wonderful i love that concept and this evil evil robot just not even thinking about just shrinking them and then you know and in the jeff johns things isn't it which which was no jeff johns and it's kind of interesting thing about the jeff johns brainiac story I was kind of in and out of comics in the early 2000s. I was getting them. I never really stopped getting them. But I, you know, glanced through them and just bag them, you know, board them, bag them, put them in a box. Board them, bag them, put them in a box. Because uh, I'd glance through them and go, oh, mm, yeah, really? Mm. But one day we were we were somewhere. I forget where Kim and I, why we were out. But we stopped at the CVS. And that's like, you know, a block and a half away from the comic shop locally. So I said, "Well, you're in there, I'm going to just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, you're going to walk in the comic. Yeah, I'm going to go to the comic shop. And that doesn't sound like him at all. <laughs> but yes, 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 I'm going to go the comic shop. And uh, I was in there, and I, of course I must have had something Superman on, a Superman t-shirt or something. And I'm just looking. Now, I'm a little foggy on this next part. Either the last issue had just hit the stands, or or the, the uh, uh, a trade. My memory has it that it was the last issue was out that week. And what last issue? The last issue in the Brainiac run of Brainiac Attacks, the, the little six-story in, in Action Comics. What was it? Nine, eight. Wait a minute. Hold on. All right. 866 is where it started, so... 67, 68, 69, 70, 71, somewhere around there. Eight seventy, say eight seventy-one is where it will stop. So let's say eight seventy, and eight seventy had just come out. So it was the last in the arc, the final. And uh, you know, I couldn't. So I didn't know because I really wasn't reading. I hadn't. Uh, but uh, the girl at the counter said, "Hey, Superman!" Because I must have had something Superman on. And. Uh, I go, yeah, hey, what's going on with Superman? Anything interesting? And she says, well, if you're into Superman, this wasn't bad. This was actually kind of wasn't bad. And in my memory, she showed me part six. And she had all six parts, so I bought the whole, I bought the run right then. Um It may have been now because it's been years, and I don't always keep track of these things. But whichever, it was either the last issue or the, the trade had just come out. But I think that was around 2006 or something, uh, but anyway, whichever, uh, I read it and went, oh, cool. Uh, if this is what Superman comics are, uh, I kind of started reading again and got back in and got my subscription going again and thought, wow, this is really cool. Hey. And then we went into Grounded and, uh, you know, we went into all that other stuff and uh, New 52. and <laughs> Anyway. But this particular story, written by Jeff Johns, uh, starting in Action Comics 866 with uh, Gary Frank, is a really nice take, I think, all the way up to the ending. And then I understand the ending. But eh. but basically, and I'm not going to do a complete synopsis on this, but there are parts of it that are really, really, really good. Uh, and, and it's worth reading. Everyone should read it. Uh, but Jeff Johns has this take of Brainiac also being this ancient uh, robot. And even confined to his ship. He has not been out of his own ship, his environment, in eons. And I love that. Um, but he sends little robot versions out to check things. And, and the Jeff Johns story opens, uh, and keep in mind, uh, before I get into this, that in, during this time period, Supergirl was new again to, to Krypton. She had not, I mean, to Earth, she had not been here that long. OK, uh, still learning her way around. This is all kind of a mm, kind of a anyway, Super was new. So things were happening. Clark's at the Daily Planet. Mo- much of the much of this Daily Planet stuff. I love Daily Planet stuff. I love, love, love Daily Planet. I want to see Clark Kent in the Daily Planet. I want to see Lois and Jimmy and all the people doing stuff in the Daily Planet. And this has the Daily Planet. But uh, I really did not like any of the Kent grad stuff at all. The airbrush over the top, ridiculous. People made a big deal about Supergirl using her heat vision on the air or x-ray vision on the airbrush. Wow, you know you have some plastic stuff in there? Yeah, yeah, ha, ha, ha. Okay, move on. Uh, um, But the rest of the Supergirl stuff in this this series is just terrific. Absolutely terrific. Uh, As a new Kryptonian coming who had grown up on Krypton and basically was, boom, now I'm on Earth. Uh, a couple of months later. It, to her, it was all very shocking. Whereas Superman, of course, grew up here. But Superman's ray vision sprints this thing, and uh, Vision goes on upside. So he goes out to investigate, thinks it's Brainiac, but it's really, you know, whatever that he defeats, a little robot thing that he defeats. And what do you want now, Brainiac? Or last time we met, uh, and takes this burned out thing. Superman has a little quick battle with him, beats him and takes it what's left of it to the fortress of solitude to uh, examine supergirl shows up sees it and gary frank i think does a terrific job showing the absolute terror on supergirl absolute terror and uh uh they talk superman and supergirl have this you know cousin talk this real talk and she tries to get across to him that no you've never really met brainiac you have no idea you've just seen his little scouts this is not brainiac and she's so intense and really upset she uses a heat vision and just fries it and ends it right there and he hugs and says okay 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 well uh the story goes on i don't want to give a whole synopsis but again it, it's really worth it the whole the, the basic story is in superman decides that instead of waiting for Brainiac. To eventually find, because Kara was really upset. So instead of waiting for Brainiac, he's going to go find her. Find him. Says goodbye to everybody. He says blah blah blah. Didn't tell Kara, but poof, shh, gone. And of course he does. He runs into, Bra- they finds him, and, and Brainiac uh, gets him and is starting to beat the crap out of him, and starts to go towards Earth. And then Supergirl gets involved, and then uh, Brainiac has them both, and then there's Superman fights, and they both fight and uh brainiac shrinking cities and metropolis and it's just woo! it's just rude things are happening uh and the big fight but then superman actually you know uh pulls a fast one and gets brainiac um uh out of his environment out of his ship and the end comes pretty quickly uh for you know the thing that's happening but just before that Superman, once he gets back on the ship, he says, "I'm going to have to have a one-on-one with Brainiac." He finds Supergirl, gets her out, and says, "Supergirl, he's already launched the the rocket. You have got to go stop that rocket from hitting the sun, which will uh, uh, destroy Earth." Uh, Superman says, "I'm going to take care of the the the." Uh, Metropolis that he shrunk and the, the bottle cities. So I'll go take care of them and get Brainiac out. But you gotta go stop that. And she says, I'm not fast enough. I can't. He says, no, you can do it. You gotta do it. Psh, she's gone. it goes- she gets up. And again, great scene. Uh, one thing leads to know is Superman does get Brainiac out. They fall to, um, uh, Earth where Brainiac comes in contact with microbes and organisms and mud and, and, bzz- 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 and dies. Maybe. Uh and Supergirl does get the courage and the speed up to catch the rocket, keep it from hitting the sun and blows up and sends Aaron it. Superman takes the bottle city of Candor that he had found there and takes it back and does the same thing, puts it on a shelf, shows Supergirl and they you know, but Brainiac and this is a part that I thought was something just as he dies, uh Brainiac is saying something about the cities will uh uh you know, they need to be in the bottles, if you destroy the bottles, they will enlarge again. And so, oh, thanks for the information. So you don't even need to enlarge So Superman takes Metropolis back and breaks the city bottle. And apparently boom, it expands and becomes normal again. And it looks like he's doing the same thing in the Arctic where his fortress is to the bottle city of Candor. And then we hear, oh, no. And then... He says, "Dad," and flies back to Smallville, where a piece of Brainiac ship has gone by, and fallen in Farmville. I mean, in in, in Smallville, uh, we have a small town locally here called Farmville, but Smallville. And um, Jonathan dies of a heart attack right there, and Superman can't get there in time. So again, very emotional. But the ending of this, to me, I thought, did did he enlarge? And then you find out in the next few issues what's going to happen, and. Yeah, the Crypt Candor. Uh, Again, not my favorite. So, the ending of this was kind of weird because the ending does several things. One, it sets up something that's about to happen with uh, Krypton being enlarged and Zod and getting its own planet and problems, blah, blah, blah. And uh, the death of Jonathan. Uh, I'm not opposed to the death of Jonathan. I know that sounds hard. But, you know, Jonathan was not around when I was reading comics except in Superboy. So, uh, that's fine. And, uh, the end with the quickness of that because Brainiac hadn't been in contact with microbes and living organisms for eons, that he would succumb so quickly to basically, uh, you know, a, a small creek, mud full of worms and stuff. And it would just hurt me. Uh, Now, in Unbound, which is not a bad uh, uh, animated version of this Jeff Johns story, at the very end, of course, after the mud eats him all up and he's all... And the light goes out and Superman flies away or takes a piece of it or whatever. uh, The little red light blinks. So, of course it does. It may as well have been a 50s grade B science fiction movie that the words The End morph into a question mark (laughs) of course it blinked but anyway it's not a a bad tale I would have preferred personally and I know it sounds a little more ridiculous but I would have liked to have seen Superman do something else with Brainiac other than just let him you know um, die of microbial uh, goo or something but uh, not a bad Brainiac story and it's actually kind of what got me back into reading comics uh, back in then, and that was, again, 2005 or so, that got me back in uh, reading comics regularly, um, which also led to finding podcasts and, and all of these other guys and things, and now this. So, in a weird way, Brainiac brought me to this very podcast right now. Yeah. Brainiac. I just think is a great, great villain, especially when they keep him as he is, kind of a non-emotional robot uh, who is sentient, but has, you know, uh, a little bit of a problem understanding certain things and has more arrogance than you can possibly imagine. And I think Jeff Johns really nailed that part of it. And by the way, Unbound, I mentioned it briefly, the animated, the DC animated movie called Unbound based on the Jeff Johns book. It's not bad. Uh, it's good animation. It's a nice story. I don't like Supergirl's costume in either that or this, to be honest with you. But, uh, I like this better than the, the one in the animation. But, but, uh, aside from that, it's not a terrible story and it brings in several things that I do like about Brainiac. Ancient, ancient machine. Super intelligent. Love it. Uh, and the artwork is Gary Frank and he avoids, uh, falling into the Christopher Reeve mode so hey it's a win-win all the way around (laughs) what else do i have to say about brainiac i don't know other than uh i think he's a great character and it's fun that um we're seeing him again you know and we're seeing him for the first time in live action uh i just I, i just think you can do so much with him and I don't want to spoil anything about Man of Steel because that's kind of new, so you may not have read all of that yet. So I don't want to mention anything about that yet. Yeah, I'm going to resist. I'm going to resist. Boy, I was going to almost be almost gonna be sarcastic there, but no, I'm going to resist. So I think I'm finally going to put a bow on episode 117, Brainiac. Whew, eight, nine, ten times. Was it worth the wait? <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, you know, I should go back and listen to several. I saved several of those openings. I should listen to them and edit those. No, I'm not going to do that. That's too much work. And I'm way too lazy for that. But, uh, I think we're going to call it an end for the Brainiac show. And thank you so much again for downloading. Tell your friends. Join us on the Facebook page, the Superman Forever Podcast Facebook page. And, uh, I'm also there having some good conversations with people. Or you can send email to bob at supermanforever.com Next time, Superboy, The Adventures of Superman When He Was a Boy. See ya. Superman is based on the original character appearing in Superman Magazine and Action Comics. Superman is copyright DC Comics. Superman created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster.